Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by one of your favorites, Parker Malloy. Hello. You got it right that time. Oh, my God. Guys, I don't, for some reason, the intro of this show has been tripping me up so much. And I think it's the pop culture politics transition is very, like, mouth garbly. But I'll get it. I'll get it, and then it'll be flawless every it'll single be, it'll time. Be like Ten years later, yeah. you'll finally get it and be like, you know, okay, so I'm starting a new podcast. Yes. Like you just have to kind of go in phases. Right, exactly. As soon as I nail it, I'll be moving on to something else, and that's Whoa. how my life works. Uh, All the construction outside my window right now. <laughs> is it just, so loud? I can like kind of hear you it, can but kind I'm kind of okay. As I'm long sure as it's, it's not too bad. Then, I'm sure it's you know. deafening to you, but yeah, but, I was I was telling Parker I also have construction going on in the apartment next door to me, so hopefully you guys won't hear any of it. But just know that we're both dealing with like a cacophony of noise right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's and uh, also every car on my street who the parks on my street apparently um, has a car alarm. Oh, and. For a while, they were all kind of going off. Mm-hmm. Like there were at least two or three at one time. It was uh, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, what a nice treat for you! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, someone, uh, someone, I because I, I tweeted about this. I tweeted that I think that anyone who has a car alarm should have to sit with their heads next to it as it blares for one hour straight <laughs> before getting it installed. Like that's only fair. I mean, yeah, that does sound fair to me. I would sign that petition if you had one. <laughs> Someone replied with this little like pie chart that said like people that set off my car alarms and it was like carjackers, thieves, vandals, hooligans, me, you know, and like <laughs> it was like 95 percent uh, or it was like 5 percent me. And then the other 95 percent was my car when it feels scared and alone in the <laughs> night. Oh, <laughs> like it's true. <laughs> they should write a children's book like that for kids who live in the city, like the loneliest car. <laughs> Oh, I love that idea so much. But yeah, when when a when a car alarm goes off, I just like I secretly hope that it actually is a thief so the car will move out of my out of earshot. Sure, yeah. I, I know that that's not great, but you know, you know, at the same time, when you got to sleep, has a car alarm ever stopped a uh, a robbery? I don't know. Well, I don't Maybe. know. I'm not a car thief. Maybe it does scare them away. I don't know. I am neither a car nor a thief. <laughs> I can't empathize. Uh, I feel like I haven't spoken with you in a while. Oh, um, it's, it's been a little bit. Yeah, which is silly, and I'm not a fan of that. What's new? Any uh, big life updates? Um, let's see. A few, a few little things, I guess. So we uh, we got a we we bought a new TV. Nice. Um, because our old TV was it was just small, and it only had like two hdmi input things and we had to keep switching it for stuff so it was just getting annoying so we decided we're like let's like actually get a decent one instead of this tiny little garbage one and so we got this like 55 inch tv which just seems so huge compared to like we used to have like a 20 something so it was like really tiny to like really big and now it looks kind of like an adult's apartment instead of (laughs) like a, a weird college dorm isn't so. it crazy the first time you watch something on like a big TV? You're like, oh, I was missing all of these details before and I just didn't know any better because I, yeah. especially like me, I watch 99% of stuff on my laptop, which is a uh-huh. very tiny screen. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'm missing tons of details, but I'm ignorant. So I don't realize I'm being deprived. Well, yeah. And then I, um, I, I finally signed up for cable. Because I, I didn't have cable before this for, like, the past five years. Um, which made, like, following some news events a little tricky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would always be, like, looking for, like, weird pirated streams. Right. Or just trying to, like, get context clues by following along on Twitter. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, maybe it's worth, like, the extra, like, 20 or $30 a month that this is going to cost me. So yesterday was my first day of sitting at home with um, with the TV on in the background and I had CNN on and I watched like 12 hours of CNN and it's it's not great. <laughs> yeah, that's the, I mean, obviously, that's the downside. Like when I had a TV with cable, I would just have it on in the background all day, even if I wasn't watching it. But yeah, like MSNBC 
constantly on in the background and you don't realize how it yeah really invades your senses yeah it's you know and then you you notice like it's the same stories that keep coming up yes and they keep having panels i don't know why everything needs a panel now <laughs> it needs like seven people yeah <laughs> like just some some things you just have to say what happened and then move on like, i don't know parker I, don't... I feel like we should fight over literally everything God, they so they had um but yeah they had like a comedian on cnn trying to explain the the Sarah Sanders eyeshadow joke. Oh that my God, it's so fucking frustrating. That's one of the things I actually I wanted to talk about. Okay, cool. In the yeah, show, let's, let's definitely touch on that because yeah, I ha- I have feelings about that, and then I never want to talk about it again. I know. I mean, we can just hop right into it because Parker's going to stay with me for hour two as well, and then we can get all of your pop culture recommendations then. But since you brought up the White House Correspondents Dinner, and we've already talked about it on this show, but there is an update to it. Um, The White House Correspondents Association released a statement in which they apologized for Michelle Wolf's really funny, scathing set. Um, so the the press release came from uh, the the association, and uh, President Margaret Taliff said, "Dear members, I want to tell you how much your kind words meant to me following my personal remarks at uh, oh I'm sorry that was uh, Michelle Wolf's." Uh, oh no, okay, no, that was her. Dear members, I want to tell you how much your kind words meant to me following my personal remarks at last night's White House Correspondence Center about the roots of my belief in journalism's essential role. Um, and then she goes on to, yeah, basically just apologize. And now they're making all kinds of crazy, um, not recommendations, but suggestions for how they could change the White House Correspondence Dinner in the future, including, and this is my absolute favorite, having dueling comedians. So, but I would kind of love that because conservative comedians are so so terrible. So I would kind of love to see like an amazing liberal comic just destroy a conservative (laughs) comic. Like, honestly, I would love that. But they've, they've suggested getting rid of the comic altogether and replacing them with a singer. Like, so stupid. And weirdly, like, I think... And maybe there have been others since I've seen this, but um, The Hill, which is um, a news publication website, said that they uh, won't be attending future White House Correspondents Dinner. And here's the thing. I, I think that would be great if it was a principled stance about reporters being too close with the people they're supposed to be covering, not them throwing a screaming tantrum over a comedian paying sarah huckabee sanders a compliment about her eye makeup that's what this is all about like i agree the white house correspondence dinner is fucking stupid and gross and basically you know an illustration of how we have a corporate media that is way too cozy with the political elite but that's not why people are boy or threatening to boycott right now it's for the dumbest fucking reason yeah well, it's so like looking at the the letter that the the chair, chairman of the Hill like sent out, it was just like some of these things were just so sad and pathetic. Like the reasons, because it was, uh, uh, you know, we we all agree that, you know, the we share the belief held by our country's founders and enshrined in our first amendment, blah, 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 blah. We all agree. But it also means that the dinner must be nonpartisan and done without hostility and personal animus toward the party that occupies the white house, regardless of who is in power. Uh, we recall fondly how past dinner dinners were tremendous spectacles of dignity <laughs> that were enjoyed by all. First off, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's not uh, true. I, I went back and I looked at I, I did a did a search looking for like past years White House correspondence dinners responses and I was able to find articles on every like for every single year uh, going back at least like five or six years from conservative outlets that were just outraged by whatever the comedian said. And so mm-hmm. like that's the thing. They're always going to find something to be offended over. And a lot of times it's it's dumbest stuff the dumbest stuff ever. I mean it's, I mean, it's extra offensive to me though (laughs) 
that they're claiming Michelle Wolf is offensive because these are a bunch of so-called like reporters and journalists, right? Ten journalists were just killed in Afghanistan. Yeah. And none of them have said a fucking word about it, at least to the degree that they're throwing a fit about Michelle Wolf. And it's like, that is disgusting. As opposed to showing solidarity for these poor fucking journalists who were just killed, they're crying about a comedian who, again, I agree, it's not cool to make fun of women's appearances. That's not what Michelle Wolf did. Like, yeah. if she had done that, I probably, I probably wouldn't talk about it for three days straight, but I would be like, yeah, that's not cool. We shouldn't criticize women for their appearances. Also, where were these fucking people when conservatives were calling Hillary Clinton the C-word and ugly and, like, Chelsea Clinton ugly? I don't remember the same kind of tantrum being thrown over that, which would have been valid because those were actual attacks on women's appearances. Yeah. Well, and and the, the, the thing that frustrates me is saying that and bringing that up. People, A lot of people go, well, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. It's like, well, first off, no, no, there weren't two wrongs here. Right, right. <laughs> she, first, she didn't do that. And then I saw other people really trying to stretch because they were like, no, it wasn't the joke about the the um, smoky eye. It was, which I think, I honestly think that a lot of people who were outraged about that at first thought that smoky eye was some sort of insult. Just That's like, the thing. Like, it was frustrating, too, just as as a fan of, you know, makeup and, like, yeah. glamour. I was like, you all need to educate yourselves. Like, how many of you people shit on YouTube tutorials and, like, makeup bloggers and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about right now because you don't know what a smoky yeah. eye is? A smoky eye is a very hard thing to pull off. So Michelle Wolf was paying Sarah Huckabee Sanders a fucking compliment by saying she's really good at it. Yeah, no, I can't do a smoky eye. When I do it, it looks like I'm like... You got punched in the face. Yeah, like, yeah. How, like how Batman probably looks before he... Because, <laughs> you know, you ever think about the fact that Batman has to wear all sorts of eye makeup? Uh, I bet his eyes pop like crazy, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like underneath the, the hood thing, you know, because otherwise, how goofy would he look without like... You know, some uh, some eyeshadow and stuff. But anyway, yeah. So so then they tried to shift it. They said, no, no, no. It was the it was the joke about the Handmaid's Tale. He, er, you know, she compared her to, you know, this other woman that we we think, is, you know, is, uh, you know, is ugly or something like that. And it's just like, no, that wasn't what that joke was about either. Nope. And I was talking to someone who was outraged over that. And they said, well, I don't watch the Handmaid's Tale. But I looked up the actress and I'm like, well, see, there's the problem. <laughs> you are not getting the joke. Right. And and then they said, well, if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. It's like, no, that just means you're dumb. Yeah, I, you're a fucking dummy. Also, yeah. it's not that advanced of a joke. It's like no, it's super, you know, yeah. and then she, she even followed it up like that joke to to really hammer home the point that it, that it was about the administration's policy. You know, she even like followed that up by saying like. You know, Mike Pence, uh, if you if you're not watching it, I think you'd really like it or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like so like that was she was very clear. And then there was the other thing where they tried to some people were like, well, then when she said she, you know, going to divide people into softball teams, uh, well, softball players, it's something about looking like a lesbian. And it's just like, wow, how are you projecting all of this? Stuff yeah, honestly, her? that says more about you than Michelle Wolf that you think yeah. all softball players are lesbians. Right? It, it, it just got so out of hand. And I mean, people are overanalyzing this. We've been talking about it way too long. I know. So I finally because last week. So last week I, I wrote a piece for Upworthy about um about just, you know, I, I have my reserva reservations about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, as I always have. The media shouldn't be, you know, like, you know, laughing it up with the people that they're covering. You know, I think that's bad. But anyway, so I was like, hey, you know what, here are some funny moments from years past. And I went and I watched, last week I watched every single one I could find. Oh, my God. Going back to, like, 1995. Are you okay? <laughs> You know, and some some of these some of them were funny. Mm -hmm. Some of them weren't. Uh, what you was know, the some, worst one? You know, the, like the worst one is in like the least funny. Yeah, it was one of the Jay Leno ones. <laughs> he did, he did like, was, and they were just like weird, inoffensive, like observational That's kind the of thing. Thing like these people who were like, we don't need a comic, we don't want edgy humor. I'm like, the White House Correspondents Dinner 
as it stands right now at its best is very boring yeah, for most well, of it. Can you imagine if you didn't have Stephen Colbert or Michelle Wolf to fucking save it? Well, so the the best thing was looking at looking at uh, the response to the Stephen Colbert one. Uh, oh yeah, people were 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 so pissed off at him, and the Bush administration was upset with him mm-hmm. over that. They're like, "This isn't what we thought we were getting," you know. And uh, you know, and there were like the New York Times in the next day's paper did not cover it. They did not. They they wrote about how it was hilarious that Bush, like Bush, went out there with like some guy who was like doing like an, an like an impression of him. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, the duel in W's, isn't that funny? And it's like, no, nah, not really, not really. You know, like it was so corny. And but like everyone's talking about how great it was. But then, you know, then when they finally did cover it, because there was some backlash over you know outlets not writing about you know Colbert and the fact that. C-SPAN was sending out like YouTube takedown notices all over the place, um, you know, or yeah, to, to get those to get those pulled. You know, it was this kind of like media like attempt to just like hide this thing. And, you know, all those jokes were, you know, looking back on it, that whole thing was pretty like, you know, uh, epic and legendary. And, you know, it's a it's uh, it's something that I think was was good that happened. But at the time, they criticized him and they slammed him, and you know, I mean, what what do you what do people want when the Hill writes that like, oh, this is so out of character, and you know, how dare they? I mean, you know, there was uh, in 2013 when when Conan O'Brien was the the host, um, he made one joke about how uh, what's her name uh, Napolitano, who was the um, oh right, DHS secretary. That she looked like. Um, oh crap! Who's that? Um, <laughs> I can't think of that actor's name. Um, he was in Sideways. Paul Giamatti. That was it. That was the joke oh, that she okay. looks like Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. And like that was a joke about her appearance. Yes. And that was not great. I mean, you know, in 2014, Joel McHale hosted, and he he was just really harsh on everyone. Oh, man, I know. know. Well, since this has, like, whipped up a whole conversation about, like, even progressives being very offensive, people have been posting old clips of The Daily Show, and holy fucking shit. Like, John <laughs> yeah. Stewart and company, they dropped the T-word all the time. They made incredibly transphobic jokes. They made fun of Dennis Kucinich for saying some trans positive stuff um it was oh yeah really really bad so it's like listen yes if you dig into the archives everyone was terrible but what's driving me nuts about this story is that mock outrage about michelle wolf not even saying anything offensive axios axios was like well and she said some vulgar words that started with started with the word the letter p and it's like she was she was quoting the president (laughs) you know it's like at a certain point you like once he says something and that becomes news like that was the joke you know she's because she said trump is the one pussy you're not allowed to grab or something like that and like come on Uh, (laughs) you know like it's it's just faux outrage yes and you know there was a the that match slap dude who um you know he runs cpac um, he and his wife left early, but really people were like, he walked out like five minutes early just to get in his limo to go to an after party, you know? <laughs> and then like, then like he tweeted about how he was just like, I'm sick of being mocked by the, by the elites and stuff like that. It's like, dude, you are tweeting this from a limo. Yeah. Um, really? But, I know like yeah. the, a lot of those guys who claim like they represent real America and like average Joes are incredibly wealthy, live in like multi-million dollar homes yeah just so phony so so i i wound up um i i was just kind of jotting down some ideas i was like i don't want to write about michelle wolf's you know uh her her set uh though if i did i would have had i would have given it the headline um who's afraid of michelle wolf because i think that's clever yes um but i was like no this is just about this so i wrote an article that was the white house correspondence dinner has always been a bad idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's like i wrote it's like 1400 words and i published it at um because i I wrote for upworthy and good i published it at good so 
um, it's there. It's basically just me making the case that like this has always been bad and quoting, you know, I got a, uh, what was it? There, there was a quote in there from um, Hunter S. Thompson who, right. uh, who said the most consistent and ultimately damaging failure of political journalism in America has its roots in the clubby cocktail personal relationships that inevitably develop between politicians and journalists in Washington or anywhere else that meet on a day-to-day basis. When professional antagonists become after-hours drinking buddies, they are not likely to turn each other in. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's you know, that that's was, why I'm that like, was from 1972. This is an old issue. I am 100% on board with the abolish the White House correspondence dinner movement. Let's just do it for the right reasons. <laughs> you, yeah. know? you know, like the press should not be that cozy with the political elite when they're supposedly ostensibly an oppositional force. I mean, obviously, they're not an oppositional force. And that's the whole problem. But do we need a glaring symbol of it every year? <laughs> You know, like, uh, it's just disgusting. But anyways, while we're still in the pop culture section of the show, I wanted to talk about um, Emma Gonzalez, who is just uh, the tiniest of bosses. She's so great. Um, And Kanye West, who we've talked about on the show, is on a very strange um, tear right now. Yeah. um, (sighs) Tweeted uh, calling Emma Gonzalez his hero, and she fired back by uh, posting a photo of uh, James Shaw Jr. and saying, my hero. And it was great. And I love her dearly for doing that. Yes. Um, it's kind of kind of sad that, that, that he hasn't gotten more, um, that, you know, the Waffle House, what's it, James, James Shaw, right? Uh, yes. Hasn't, has, hasn't gotten more attention. Yeah. You know, or, I mean, like, it's, it, the whole story just sort of flew under the radar because he didn't shoot anyone. You right. Know, had well, he been a good guy with a gun, they would have like. Right. We know. talked about him on the show. Um, yeah. He is a hero. He, uh, you know, wrestled a guy with a, a white supremacist with a gun who walked into a Waffle House and, and killed multiple people. And after that, raised nearly two hundred thousand dollars for the victims of the mass shooting, which was just like, man, if you didn't already think he was a great guy after that. um, and yeah, it was it was great because I just love how Emma Gonzalez and and her peers are. I don't know, like I was thinking about when I was a, a young person, if someone like Kanye West had tweeted that I was their hero, I would have like probably been very starstruck. And, yeah. the, and the fact that she was just so unimpressed and like cool you weirdo well my hero is this guy who's an actual hero (laughs) and it's like it was such a boss move (laughs) yeah yeah uh that god i have so much respect for all the parkland you know students and even that even the one conservative one who is just like the answer is more guns and it's like hey you know it's like you're still doing something you believe in Mm. so like that's definitely more than i can say for myself in high school (laughs) you know yeah it was like if someone's just like hey care about anything outside of your you know the things in your world i'd be like no no i'm the center of the universe i'd be like no all i care about is when a band's you know album comes out or a concert or you know like i didn't care about like anything yeah so you know i like props to props to them for that totally hey guys allison here um listen another strange strange thing happened in my apartment uh boy this one is really weird so if you've been enjoying um the strangers crashing through my window uh, and me subsequently interviewing them. <laughs> oh, this is a curveball. Uh, they didn't crash through a window. Uh, well, just uh, just give it a listen. Um, Chloe. Uh huh. I don't want to like alarm you, and don't oh, turn around too quickly. Wait, fuck. Okay. There's a. Very small girl in the corner. Ew, 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 no, ew, no, no, ew, no, 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 be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. Oh, and okay. she's wearing a, like a, a faded white Victorian dress, ew. and she looks wet. Okay, I'm gonna look, but I might no. throw up. Okay, I'm gonna th- just very slowly okay. turn around. Okay, fuck no. Yeah. I, Hello. Okay. Uh, ew. Hi. Hello. 
I'm going to throw up. How, how's it going? Great. Can I take over one of these mics? Um, yeah, I mean, you're already holding it, which is weird because you're standing across the room and it just manifested in your hand. Hey, have you guys ever, you know, had one of those days where you're like, man, things are hard uh-huh. every day. Yeah, that's that's every day for us. Usually people laugh at that point. <laughs> laugh, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, are we gonna Sorry, die? I'm going to I'm just going to be trying some things out today. Um we're going to be just working on my tight five. Cool. Hey, I, um, just real quick, how'd who, you get in here? And who? That and doesn't who concern you. you. It, man, have you seen the trains lately? Oof. Talk about transit problems. Hey, I think she's trying to. I think she's doing a comedy routine. Can I just ask real quickly? Are you a ghost? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Chloe, I'm freaking out a little bit. Uh, you know what, Allison? Yep. I've always said uh, I don't want to say I believe in ghosts because mm-hmm. uh, I'm scared that if I say that, they'll show up. They'll show up. Yeah, I know. I feel like I have to say yes now. I think I believe in ghosts now. Fuck. Okay. Hey, yeah. um, <clears throat> you ever been fucking someone? Whoa. And <laughs> this is they're like, oh. start to cry? No, but I, th- again, I'm not a ghost who has sex with people. Yeah. Quickly. Um, I don't. How? I don't want to pry how, how old, old are, are you 12 but okay but right. like when you died you were 12 but how long have you been haunting the earth 300 years right oh. okay oh wow. wow man but you know what felt like 300 years ha huh, my train right here am i, I mean, right you know what's weird i relate to all the yeah, material she's a very relatable you you clearly have been studying humanity really well i spend a lot of time at the comedy cellar oh i'm sorry oh. jesus Ooh. I mean, if you could do anything, you're a specter. Yeah. You could travel the world. You could travel through universes. Yeah. And you're in the comedy cellar? My unfinished business is never making it to last comic standing. Wait, but you're 300 years yeah. old. <laughs> Wait, Season one started back in the day. 300 years ago? I mean, yeah. I thought it was on a long time. Have you but ever heard of a court jester? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you, you? You did that? You did that? No, I didn't get on. Oh. oh. So th- back in the day's version of Last that, Comic oh, Standing. Okay. Was it Last Comic Standing. You called oh. it Last Comic Standing mm-hmm. back then, too. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that show had such a storied past. Wow. I didn't know anyone watched it now. Hey, wow. but we're not in the comedy cell yeah. right now, so why are you here? You know, I heard that... Um, you know, you you have a lot of comedian people, mm-hmm. and by I heard, I mean I live in your walls. Oh, oh great! Oh, that's terrible. I don't like I, knowing that's that. That's terrifying. Uh, no, you know when the okay. cats freak out. Yep, Ew. it's usually me oh, doing man. something Ooh, spooky. That's a bummer. Cool. Cool. Oh, cool. Boy. something silly. And it's probably <laughs> all the times we did like tarot card readings. Oh my! Were you there for those? Oh yeah, you know the knives that were above your head. Yeah, yeah. me. Ew. Wow. Okay. But that kind of makes sense, it, it right? It makes sense. Hey, you know what's really scary? What's, uh, what's that? Listening to you guys have a conversation. Wow. Oh, we just did she just burn burned us? Burned by a ghost. Hey, wow. is anyone here from um, California? No. All right, can't do any local comedy. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, is anyone here from um, uh, Boston? Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, no. You know what's wicked? Ew. What? Listening to you cry. Wow. Wow. Wait, you have you seen me cry? I went to Love Simon with you. Oh my that was a private moment. Well, apparently no, it wasn't. not. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I have a question. Were you the reason I had a dream last night <gasps> that my teeth were falling out? No, that you did that of your own volition. Oh, that's my anxiety, oh. right? Hey, can I first of all we I feel like this is rude. What's your name? Oh yeah. Greta. Yeah, okay. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Hi, hi, Greta. Hey, you know you can just have like a conversation with us. You don't, you don't have, have to, to keep stand making in the things. corner, dripping water everywhere. Yeah. Hey, you know you ever had like a bad boss? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I had a bad boss once, and you know what happened? Okay. Uh, I don't want to know, but yeah. I punched the mirror. It was me. Oh. Wow, that was a thing. Whoa. Right? It was a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Usually people laugh at that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey yeah yeah you ever search on the internet and get a nasty pop-up uh yeah, yeah of course yeah. i know what i like to call a nasty pop-up oh, jesus she is graphic is she gonna go oh no 
finish your joke. That was that was cold. the joke. That was it. <laughs> it was a boner metaphor. I thought she Watch was going to say boner at the end. Oh, 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 oh no. She, Allison, I'm on the wall. 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 I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you. Allison, put me down. Allison, she's... Oh, put me down. Put me down. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're so funny. Thanks so much. You guys have been a great crowd. That was her closer pinning on the wall? Jesus. No! Elsa, back up! Elsa, back up! Put me down, please put me down. You're better than Amy Schumer. You're so much better. You're so much better than Amy Schumer. She's not even a ghost. No. Stop. Oh my God, stop it. No, we mean it. You guys are too great. You guys are too great. You can find me on Instagram, Greta's Giggles. You can add my Instagram stories. Hold on, I'll look up. She has more followers than both of us. Holy shit. Wow. Elsa. I have hand marks on my neck. Yeah, you do. Be cool. Fuck. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, Greta. I, yeah. Um, when can we see you at the, the comedy cellar? When you close your eyes. Wow. Oh. It's haunting. Uh, well, thanks so much for dropping by. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been a great crowd. Thank you uh, so much. Yeah. Thank you. You can see me anytime you feel oh. a chill pass you. Oh, boy. Um, that's me. Just remember, keep giggling. What that is the creepiest way to say it. Oh, <laughs> I, like, oh, I don't know why. Why does she hate me? Uh, okay, okay, put me down, please. Oh, there we go. Whoa. Wow. Oh, wow. There's just a, a puddle a in the pu- middle of the room now, and she's gone. Okay. Um, You can't see this. Desi and Penny look so calm right now. They do. They look like they... Finally got the answer to a long-held question. That's the only way I can explain their expressions. <laughs> what the hell okay. is that? So we're going to cut your lease soon. Yeah, we, I got to get, like get, okay. oh, yeah. okay. yep. get out of here. I definitely got to get out of here. Okay. I got to get out of here. Okay, there's footprints that are just water right now. And Penny's just running in a circle. Fuck. Okay. Yep. Oh. Penny. Okay. Yeah, Greta was here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, babe. boy. Um, I, you know, I would say, cause I know this happens to you a lot yeah. and I would say lock your apartment, but you can't stop her. How am I going to lock out a ghost? Chloe? Fuck, you I can't. wish I could. I wish a lock existed that could keep oh. out a ghost, but it doesn't. All right. So we're going to have to just deal with the okay. fact that every once in a while, a ghost is going to come into my apartment and do a tight five that is surprisingly graphic and then pin you against a wall. Fine. Okay. Okay. Fine. I wish that wasn't the world we live in, but, but it, it is. is fine. <laughs> oh my oh God. God. Um, hey, real quick, you know you have a satanic star carved into your forehead now, right, Chloe? Oh, my God. I'm going to go look in the mirror. <laughs> um, so, guys, it's that time of the show. Don't worry. Don't fret. We'll get through it together. Here is your bad news. So I believe on yesterday's episode or maybe the episode before that one, we were talking about, uh, and I'm sure you've heard about this, Parker, the uh, letter that was circulated among NBC staffers who, uh, it was a letter defending Tom Brokaw against sexual harassment allegations and very, very big um, personalities, pundits like Rachel Maddow. Uh, Mika Brzezinski, Andrea Mitchell, Maria Shriver had also signed it defending Tom Brokaw. Uh, In case you missed that episode, uh, so far two women have come forward and accused Tom Brokaw of sexual harassment. um, And uh, the specific allegations are groping and assault. uh, And this occurred in the 90s. So the update to the story is um, actually now 115 women have signed the letter, but a few NBC employees have come forward to say that they felt pressured to sign it. Um, one NBC news staffer said, 
We felt forced to sign the letter supporting Brokaw. We had no choice, particularly the lower level staffers. The letter was being handed around the office and the unspoken threat was that if your name was not on it, there would be some repercussion down the road. Executives are watching to see who signed and who didn't. This was all about coming out and forced to protect NBC's golden boy. The network's reputation is tied to Brokaw. If more women come forward, that's a big problem. Um, so yeah, I talked about this cause obviously it's super disappointing, especially to hear like Rachel, Rachel Maddow, um, jumping on board with protecting a man who's been accused of sexual harassment. Um, I won't say it's totally surprising, but it was disappointing nonetheless. Yeah. I remember seeing when, uh, when that came out, it's like, wait, Rachel Maddow is on there. You know, like mm-hmm. some of the other names, it was just like. I guess I could picture like them signing this, but Rachel Maddow seems so out of out of place on that, especially. So, um, I I guess I'm glad to. God, it feels weird to say that I'm glad to hear that. Like, hey, they might have just been coerced into signing something and don't actually believe it. You know, it's like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still it's it's horrible that anyone would would um try to put them up to that. Like, you know, I, people like. They don't need to weigh in, you know, it's like this is one of those situations where, you know, it's not Rachel Maddow's job to save Tom Brokaw, you know, and it shouldn't be. Right. You know, so like that's that's the thing. Like I it's it's so I don't know. It's just disgusting. And it's um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's know. it's disappointing, but like I know what you mean. Like I actually, I was a little more encouraged when I heard this because it's not like 115 unified people yeah. saying, "Oh, this is our boy, and we got his back." Of course, this kind of you know tribalism happens where it's like, "Oh, we're under attack. We now have to like be a unified force." It's just disappointing when even people like Rachel Maddow get sucked into it. And again, like. Listen, I don't know Rachel Maddow. Maybe she genuinely believes that these allegations are false. It's just disappointing because she's consistently held up, you know, rightly or wrongly as this mm-hmm. progressive hero. And to see her name included in this, it's yeah. very, very disappointing. Um, but <sighs> it's also like I understand, like it must be a very can you imagine you're like in the middle of a work day? And someone slaps down a letter in front of you. (laughs) They're like, sign this. And you're like, what is it? And it's like, like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let me read it. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't read it. No, 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 no. Just write your name. You know Tom Brokaw. Yeah. You like having a job, right? (laughs) You know Tom Brokaw, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's great. I haven't heard anyone. There hasn't been any news in the past couple weeks about him. He is excellent. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. That. Sign it. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, my God. So, um... I also wanted to talk about, I don't know if this technically qualifies as bad news per se. I guess it could. But I wanted to talk about uh, the questions that Mueller wants to ask Trump about obstruction being leaked. Um, yes. So it's interesting because I've been talking a lot about on the show how Robert Mueller's investigation is, you know, very Everything, all the information is on lockdown and and Mm -hmm. nothing gets leaked to the press. So the fact that this has now been leaked is interesting, but I'm wondering if the leak came from the White House. That seems to kind of be the, 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 yeah, that kind of seems to be the thing, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, because it seems very out of character for Mueller's team. Right. Well, and and apparently, because if you, you know, in that article, they say that, like, the White House got them to agree to send over the questions, you know? So so Mueller's team had to write them out and send them to the White House to look them over. So I think that that's probably somewhere around there is where they got kind of intercepted and leaked. You know, or mm-hmm. like just leaked by the White House straight up. But it was one thing that was weird was Trump then came out this this morning tweeting about how he's like, look, there were no questions about collusion. There were all sorts of questions oh, about collusion. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, there were <laughs> questions related to Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor, 
questions related to James Comey, the former FBI director. Um, yeah, there's questions related to Jeff Sessions, um, campaign coordination with Russia, which is collusion. Um, yeah, there, there's tons of questions about it. That's the entire foundation for the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like those are all the questions. I, I mean, I guess I, it's frustrating. I don't know how he read them. Did he just do like control F and type in collusion? And he's like, OK, it's not on there. Well, that's what you I know? was going to say. I'm like, does he actually have to use the word collusion? Because the thing that Mueller's trying to prove is collusion. Right. So all the pieces of evidence lead up to the conclusion that is collusion. So he's not going to have those allegations in the questions that he's trying to prove. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm sure that he has answers to pretty much everything he's asking. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's, he's not just trying to get information from Trump. Like, be like, hey, help me understand this. It's like, no, I'm sure he knows what's. He's no, he knows what's what the correct answers are, what they aren't, and you know, I don't know. It's like uh, the whole thing's exhausting. It <laughs> is. There's no way that, like, you know, it's like, yeah, we should, we we need to get to the bottom of this, and his investigation should go on unimpeded, and all that, yada yada yada. But in the end, I think we all know that, like, none of this is going to affect Trump. <laughs> right. Right. I don't. At least that's that's me. Maybe I'm just being cynical, but. You know, I, I tweeted I tweeted about that because, you know, a, a couple weeks back, someone was someone was like, so, hey, um, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, no, nope, you know, Mueller's coming. He's going to he's going to any day now. And it's one of those things where I was just like, mm-hmm. OK, hey, let's let's do some 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 straight talk, <laughs> tough, tough love here. <laughs> and I laid out like kind of what was going on. I'm just like. So here's the thing. There is nothing he can do that would just automatically take Trump out of office. Right. That needs to be in, you know, Congress impeaching him. And even if the Democrats win the House, which seems, you know, possible, likely even maybe um, they could they could technically impeach him. But to remove him from office, even if the Democrats won every like won every Senate race this that's coming up this fall, which they won't. Um, but even if they did, they'd still be like 15 senators short of being able to remove him. So like, you know, I mean, nothing will change until or unless Republicans turn on him, which probably won't happen, you know? Mm. So it's like, so there's that. And then I had people like in my mentions the whole day who were like, nope, blue waves come and this is going to happen. I was like, (laughs) I just explained to you what even in the best case scenario, Yeah. because I think there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be disappointed they're going to be like, I voted for Democrats and they didn't even do anything. They didn't even, re- you know, remove Trump from office. And it's like because they couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, so like I'm trying to like help people, you know, get some reasonable expectations in there. But there, like there are some people who are just like, no. And I was like, you got to be kind of like this is just reality. I'm I'm sorry. And they're like, no, I'm sick of people, sick of people telling me what's possible. And I'm like, this is just what's in the constitution. Yeah. Like, and I also think like, <clears throat> maybe if we lived in a sane world, everything Trump has done would lead to impeachment. But the way our political system works, the reality of, of the world right now, it, Honestly, I truly believe it doesn't matter what he does, no matter how ridiculous his behavior gets, no matter how offensive he gets, no matter how many times he expresses um, explicit support for white supremacists and and um, Nazis, nothing will ultimately lead to him being impeached. And yeah. is that fair? Is that just? No. And like people should absolutely be outraged about that. But the people who are like, surely this thing will lead to him being impeached. I'm like, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Well, yeah. Well, and so and here's here's a here's a statistic just to just to put it out there. One thing that I um I pointed to when I was making this argument was that his approval rate was at like, you know, approval rate among Republicans was ex- like something like 89%. And it was 89% on Inauguration Day. It's like nothing has changed since then. Like it stayed exactly the same. It's gone up and down a little bit, but the number is basically the same. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, if you look at there's a in October of last year, Politico and the Morning Consult did a poll, you know, where they asked asked a bunch of people. It was a it was a pretty large poll, um, large sample size. Uh, they found that 80 percent of Trump voters believe that major news outlets in the U.S. just fabricate stories about Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. These people do not believe things that are happening. And yeah. And I mean, that's you know? that we've talked a bunch about that on the show. Yeah. And it definitely belongs in the bad news segment yes, of the show. But so. when we can't even agree on the basic facts of reality, like yeah. it doesn't matter if if Trump is doing all of these wildly illegal things <laughs> like when when his camp can just turn around and say facts aren't real you can't trust the media that's why we lose because we yeah. can't even agree on on reality so it's like it's it's impossible to convince people of anything because they can't be swayed by evidence yeah which is which is why i mean which is why the you know so many of these conservative arguments that, that are being made um you know, for for instance, the again the correspondence dinner. You know, they said Mich- Michelle Wolf made fun of uh, Sarah Sanders' appearance, and she she didn't. But they kept saying it, and now you see mainstream journalists who are just like those jokes about her appearance, mm-hmm. and it's just like what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like you have to understand these arguments are not being made in good. They're made in very bad faith. You know, right. and it, you can't just go. Okay, well, maybe they're right, and maybe I missed it. So now I'm just gonna kind of take them at face value, you know? It's <sighs> yeah, and then those same journalists hide behind the claim where they're like, "Well, people are talking about this. People are saying that, so we're we're just repeating what they're saying." And it's like, "No, no, no! You're the news. You're supposed yeah. to be the ones who." I mean, I, I recognize that objectivity is largely an illusion but you're supposed to be the ones cutting through the fat to get to the truth so by repeating these claims you're giving them gravitas you know you're you're lending credibility to it you're not just saying like oh joe average joe is saying this when you repeat it it's like oh i guess it must be true it's on the news right well exactly or you know i i saw a lot of people who were like i didn't watch it but you know, and like right, right. had very, very, you know, very passionate responses. And it's just like, you should probably watch. You it. should definitely watch it. You're or on there, the news. Or there were or there were people who like were there were people who were like, no, she said burns fat and then puts it's like facts. Whoa, whoa. She said facts. You just misheard the you you're basing this on mishearing the joke. There was, um, you know, CNN's uh, Chris Cuomo tweeted about it the other yesterday and he was just like uh she made a fat joke and it was just like what and he he like kind of explained he's like yeah she burns fat and it's just like facts i mean again this says more about you that you think she's making fun of her makeup that she's making fun of her for being fat it's like you are taking stuff you're thinking and like projecting it on michelle wolf michelle wolf and again like i i I had seen her a bunch because she used to perform at UCB all the time. She's not that kind of comic. She's not going to make fun of women for their weight or their appearance. Like she's a very smart, insightful joke writer. And it was fucking infuriating to see people project their own garbage on her. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the, so God, like the, and exactly. That's the thing. I mean, my, Michelle Wolf like is one of the few comedians who who did like an awesome like joke making fun of Caitlyn Jenner, right? Um, <laughs> which which is just kind of I mean like that's that's hard. It is, yeah. You know, it's like you know, it's it's like so like yeah. Her joke was uh, I just found it. I, you know, was like we want every woman to be confident, every woman to be beautiful. We have to be beautiful. Like Bruce Jenner turned into Caitlyn and immediately we were like, she's so brave and beautiful. Okay, fine. I'll give you brave. But she, she wants to be who she is and she should be, but we know who she is, is an okay looking older lady, the kind of person that if you were in a room, you'd be like, oh, she could help me move. (laughs) And that's a great trait. Like that, that's why we should respect people, not for how pretty they are, for how useful they are, you know? (laughs) And so like kind of, kind of goes on, but basically it was just like, you know, and she goes on, she said, I'm glad we live in a world where people like Caitlyn Jenner can exist. I just wish that we were saying what we really wanted to say about it, 
which is, I'm glad you get to be who you want to be. We should all be who we want to be. But I still fucking hate your personality. <laughs> Whether you're a man or woman, Caitlin, you kill the lady with your car. Yeah, that lady's still dead. She can't come back as a man. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, no, that's like, see, that is, that is, it's mean. It's searing. Yeah. But it's not like, it's, it's not hateful. Bigoted. It's no. not hateful. It's just like, here's a very uncomfortable truth. And I'm going to make you all laugh about it, you know? Yeah. Like, and she, she's always been that kind of joke writer where like she, and I like those joke writers where like, I don't need you to 100% agree with me on stuff. Like Michelle said some stuff that I don't necessarily agree with, but it was always from like a very, smart insightful non-hateful place that honestly a lot of her jokes kind of make me go like oh huh I never thought about it that way which I really like um but yeah I I thought she was actually a great choice for a host because I was like oh she'll fucking give it to progressives too which will be great and like liberals um but anyway guys it's that time of the show before you go out for the rest of your day um here is your good news so and by the way parker if you have any good news feel free to add it in this segment as well but i just saw this the other day um, Hawaii lawmakers are moving to ban gay conversion therapy for children. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So they passed a bill which would make theirs the 12th state to ban gay conversion therapy on minors. Uh, Hawaii News Now reports that Governor David uh, Eag, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, I apologize, is expected to sign the ban into law. Maryland lawmakers also... Pa- passed a ban earlier this month and are waiting for governor larry hogan to sign it um so yeah obviously this is a a huge deal um and it's important because the americans uh psychological association has found that gay conversion can cause depression uh suicide loss of sexual feeling anxiety shame negative self-image and other negative feelings and behaviors which obviously isn't a surprise because if someone sat you down and was like the way you are is wrong stop being you yeah (laughs) well and also it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't fucking work (laughs) obviously like if you are a a cis straight person and someone sat you down and was like you are gay now like it wouldn't work obviously (laughs) sitting there screaming at someone suck this cock (laughs) i didn't want to (laughs) yeah Yeah, like, obviously it wouldn't work because that's not how you were born. That's not who you are. Um, It's not your orientation. And it's fucking stupid to spend time, resources, and money psychologically destroying. And it's, like, extra evil to do it to children. It's never okay to do it to anyone. But the idea of doing it to children is just... You're torturing yeah. children. It's fucking and sick. Anybody who does it should go to jail. <laughs> and there's there's some people who are like, no, 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 but like it works. It's like, no, what's happening yeah. is is the kid is just really repressing themselves. Yeah, and it's not healthy. It's not good. It does, you know. Like I don't, I don't get this at all. You know, it's I, I just if you can't handle your kid be, you know, possibly being gay or possibly being trans, you just shouldn't have kids. You know, like that should kind of like, hey, can I love this child no matter what? You know, like that should be the question that you ask yourself instead of like, hey, if this child, if I can't mold this child into exactly the person I want them to be, you know, there's going to be hell to pay. Like that's messed up. It's totally messed up. Anyone. Um, Yeah, I was surprised by the extent to which gay conversion therapy is still done. Uh, A report from the UCLA School of Law estimated that. 698,000 American adults have been subjected to gay conversion therapy, about half of whom were minors at the time, which is just insane. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I'm sure violently repressing your feelings like that won't come out in really weird ways, you know, like it's, it's going to destroy that person's life. Yeah. It's, it, God, it just like that's one of those things like conversion therapy is one of those issues that I'm just like I'm really super passionate about because 
you don't mess don't mess with kids like don't don't do that to them because you can't force them to be straight or gay or trans or not trans like you you know doing that is only going to make them feel ashamed for who they are and i i know how that feels and that sucks you know it's one of those things where it's just like i know how shitty things can be and feel that whole way and for me it was just kind of like a self-correcting thing where i was like you know growing up and i'm sitting there like, hey, I think I'm trans. And I'm just like, no, 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 I know I I shouldn't say this because I'm afraid that, you know, I'll get rejected by my parents or something. You know, like it was just a fear that kept me from coming out. But it like, you know, kind of stuck with me. Now, imagine if I was just like, oh, no, I'll tell my parents, they'll understand. And then they were like, nope, we're taking you to a doctor who's going to electrocute you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, be like, okay, now I feel even worse because, you know, there's there's that. So it's it's just one of those things that, like, more states need to get on that. And I, I see people argue in favor of it. They're like, but what about free speech? It's like just because someone's a, your child doesn't mean that, like, you get to – you're exempt from – you know, having to actually care for them. I like, mean, aren't conservatives always the ones accusing liberals of like indoctrinating children yeah. and brainwashing them? And you are literally doing that if you support gay conversion therapy. Like, how do they not clock that as yeah. indoctrination? I, I mean, you know, pretty much everything they they say is projection. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I should say there's an important um disclaimer for all of this. In Hawaii, the text of the bill applies only to licensed medical and counseling professionals, not religious or spiritual advisors. Um, But California is now considering classifying conversion therapy as a fraudulent business practice, which could help that, like, close that loophole. Uh, Yeah, I I got into an argument on Twitter about this with uh, David French who is, uh, what has he written, National Review, I think. Um, he was just like, California is trying to ban books. And it's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. That is not what they're doing. <laughs> um, and like one of those right-wing websites uh, was Twitchy, um, wrote, about, wrote about that. And it was just like, I, I need to find the headline because it was ridiculous. Okay, uh, the headline, it was April 19th. Uh, it says, class is in session, all caps. David French schools, all caps, angry SJW about California bill that threatens free speech. And they wrote, this is terrifying. And then they like, they didn't include all the, all the tweets. They just included like a couple. (laughs) Like, it's just not great. Sure. You know, like it's one of those things where it's just like, and then I got like a bunch of really hateful like tweets at me because anytime Twitchy writes about you, like in the embed. Oh yeah. The pile on. People always go from there, but like, Twitchy is God. All their headlines read like they come, came like straight out of 2013. Yeah, <laughs> they're like so and so eviscerated. Yeah. So you know, it's just like, but yeah. So anyway, I got got into it with David French on that. And the funny thing is, we ended the conversation by me saying, you know, I was just like, hey, you know what? I've got to go run some errands. Good talking to you. Seriously, you know, I was just like, I'm gonna be polite. I'm gonna end like this. And he's just like, yeah, thanks. Good dialogue or something like that. And we were kind of like, it was like heated back and forth. But in the end, we kind of were like, cool. Right. You know, but then they, then like Twitchy just ignores those last. Yeah, yeah. Like school's angry SJW. And I'm just like, who's angry? Everything has to be a war. Everything has to be at like an 11 emotionally. Yeah. It's just that clickbait shit where it's like, you can't have a fucking, even if you do have a civil conversation, like you guys did the impossible and you had a civil debate on Twitter and it's still fucking framed like you went to war. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Angry, irrational, facts don't care about your feelings you know like that whole thing it's like god well remember there was that dumb uh i think they still do it the twitter fight brackets oh yeah yeah Yeah. like that bullshit where people would get into like fights on twitter and then they like people voted on who was the best fighter on twitter which is just like oh god what are we doing (laughs) yeah so yeah um god it's just i everything everything in this world sometimes it's just it's just too much but you know it's like they're they're good things too so oh so i wanted to ask you um if if a certain news story isn't popping into your head is there anything you've seen or done lately that has made you happy 
So there's one news story I saw uh, yesterday during my many, many hours of watching CNN. Um, It was this story about a a World War II veteran who he's like 96 and his dying wish, he's like living in a hospice. His dying wish is because everyone he knows who's who like was in World War II has died uh, was to talk to someone else who was like part of a certain battle. Oh, wow. And someone put the thing out on Twitter and they found a guy <gasps> and they flew him out. Who oh He's God. like 92. And they flew him out. And the two had like a day of conversation and like the 96 year old is dying. So it was one of those things where I was just like tearing up oh. and I was just like, this is so beautiful. But yeah, so I don't know what you need to search to find it, but it's a story that will melt your freaking heart. Yeah, I found even, it. Even though it. Yeah, even though it involves like, you know, I mean, a war, but hey. You know, he just wanted to. He just wanted to be able to connect with another human, and it's yeah, very heartwarming. His name, former Sergeant uh, Bill Hessian, a Purple Heart recipient who was shot three times and stabbed with a bayonet during the campaign, was fixated on talking to someone that had this specific shared experience. I guess he fought in the Battle of uh, Guadal oh, Guadalcanal, Guadalcanal. I'm yeah, sure I'm mispronouncing Probably. that. Um, so, <laughs> oh my God, this is such a great old man jargon. Right? So, former Sergeant Harold Berg became aware of the post and immediately hopped on a plane to New York City. Berg, who also received the Purple Heart in the same battle, came into the room where Hessian was sitting in a chair. The first thing he said was, Dag Galley, a leatherneck. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely classify that as good news. That's totally good news. I will. I I am going to cry. I No one ever tell me when he dies. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. Dag Galley, a leatherneck. Oh, I love. I love. Um, is there anything before we wrap up this episode that like you've seen or done lately in your own life that has made you happy? Um, uh, you know what? One thing I did was I, I went to, uh, I recently went to a, um, cause I didn't like my, cause I've got my therapist and it's like, you know, my doctor and then my psych- psychiatrist for depression and anxiety. I decided to uh, go to, go to a new psychiatrist. Nice. Get a full like mental health overview, you know, thing that took like two and a half hours, you know, mm-hmm. and and I got actually a a new diagnosis, which is kind of, uh, with kind of similar uh, to to what I had, but, but it's kind of interesting. So instead of instead of uh, m- just major depressive disorder, um, it's uh, what's dysthymia or something mm. dys dysthymia. Anyway, basically, it's it's persistent depressive disorder. It just kind of always stays with you. And I was reading the. Um, I was reading the symptoms to Kayla and she's like, this is just a description of you. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Um, It's weirdly comforting and cool when you come across something like that, because it makes you feel less alone. When you see like basically your personality written out, you're like, Oh, cool. So I'm not fucking weird. (laughs) Like this is just like people have come across this before. And there are a lot of people like me out there. Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of cool getting a, um, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's weird calling something that's just like, Hey, I got a diagnosis, you know, as good news, but it's, it is good. It news, is. You know? It is. It's also because- like the first step. I really admire that you do this too. Like you take your mental health very seriously. And like the fact that you went out of your way, like you had that bad experience with a shitty therapist yeah. and you went out of your way to find somebody new, go in, do a two hour evaluation, which is very time consuming, but like, you should do that. You should take that shit seriously. And like you, you really do have to be your own advocate when it comes to your own mental health. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's kind of the thing. So, you know, it's like, so we, we messed with my, like my medication levels a little bit and, you know, it's all kind of, that stuff is trial and error, but it's it's like, you know, they, they were like, okay, I think if we up this and take this one down, we'll kind of, you know, be in a good spot. So trying something new. We'll see. We'll see. You know, give me a, a few weeks to uh, see how that works. Yeah, for sure. And like to anyone listening, 
that is such a common thing. Like when you first go see a psychiatrist and they give you medication, like don't get discouraged if, if you, it doesn't work, if it doesn't work or you feel weird. Like that was my experience. Like mm-hmm. I felt so tired on the medication they first put me on. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this. And I talked to a friend of mine who was like, oh yeah, the, the medication they put me on at first at first mm-hmm. was not the right one. They'll tweak it for you. Like just stick with it, you know? Um, so don't get discouraged. It, it is a hundred percent trial and error, but you'll eventually figure out a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to find the, and the good balance can kind of change over time. So yeah. it's like, I've, I've been trying, you know, turn, turning the knobs on all of this for, you know, going on like, 12 years or so so yeah. you know it's 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 a constant you know it's it's like your physical health your physical health changes over time so is your mental health so you know get uh, going for a tune-up and if you don't like your doctor find a new doctor exactly and if you don't like that one go to a different one you yeah know, if you can i understand that sometimes that's not as easy but if possible you know find someone you're comfortable with right yeah and i like the way you put that where it's like you, you live your whole life with your brain and it, it yeah. the your brain chemistry changes over time and that's completely normal so yeah of course the therapist you have at the moment might one day no longer be the right fit the medication you're on at this time might one day in the future not be the right fit you're not broken that's totally normal and just yeah like uh roll with it is my yeah. advice yeah guys Thank you so much for listening. Please follow Parker on Twitter at Parker Malloy. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? I know you wrote that article about the White House Correspondents' Dinner, but anything no. else? No? No, just check out the that article. It's over at Hell good.is. Yeah. Good.is? Yeah. Good is. Uh, is. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>